Shalom everybody Insights in the Parsha of the week Parshat Shlach, at least in the Diaspora Here in Eretz Yisrael It's already Parshat Korach The Parsha Shlach is very heavy Very painful if you want to say At least the beginning part But towards the end Past the second half of the Parsha We go into that Hashem is already telling them And when you come into the land And you offer sacrifices so so-and-so is the amount of wine libation and meal offering for a, a cattle, for sheep, okay, for rams, etc. And then the parsha goes into the laws of the chala, taking off the chala, the truma of the chala. When you make dough, an amount of dough equivalent to uh, about 43 eggs and one-fifth, that's over one kilo, of course, or more, much more than one kilo, uh, of flour, then you have to take off a type of truma, a type of offering which is called chala. Okay, so the chala is taken off only when the dough amounts to 43 eggs and one fifth. Then you take off a, por- a thing called chala. The word chala is very strange. Even Rashi, he brings down a French translation, tortue, <laughs> whatever that means. Okay, what's going on here? What is this idea of the hafrashat chala and this wording called chala? So, more details before we go on and to explain is what is obligated, what, what type of grains are obligated to take off the chala? There's five grains. The five grains that can ferment, that have fermentation, they are chita, seorah, shibolet shual, shifon, kusemit, right? Wheat, barley, oats, uh, rye, spelt, those five grains which have fermentation and because they have fermentation they're obligated that you have to take off hafrashat chala. You have to take off the chala. You don't take off chala if you make a type of a a dough or bread made of rice, a rice cake or cornmeal. You you don't take off chala only on those five grains since they ferment. Now Rav Nossin in the Kutel he says something powerful. He says that these five grains are connected directly to the dot, the dot, meaning that these five grains are the main nourishment of the brain, of the mind, and it's the mind of a person that brings nourishment to the rest of the body. In other words, you don't get direct nourishment from the food you eat. Rather, the food you eat nourishes the brain. That's why they say you are what you eat because the food you eat determines your brain. If you eat negative food, bad food, so it causes you to have a negative brain. And that, when you have a negative brain, that, that affects the body. Meaning, if, you, can, if you, you, you eat also healthy food but your attitude is negative, you're depressed, the food won't do its job because your, your mind is not healthy. Whereas if how you're eating and what you're eating when you're eating all the things together are in proper place and in particular the five grains are the main nourishment of the brain so that brings nourishment to the rest of the body so this hay these five grains Rav Nossin explains is connected to a concept called hay hadat the five the hay of dat the hay of dat is this special number this five which Rabbi Nachman explains in lesson 53 of Likuti Moran is what's the differentiation, the difference between 
the Da'at of Hashem, blessed be He, and the Da'at of mankind. There's five differences. We won't go into them now. You can take a look if you'd like at the end of Likud Timur. It's pretty deep. That's why we're not going into it right now. Lesson 53 at the very end. Rabbi Nachman lists what are the five differences between the Da'at of man and the Da'at of Hashem. And it's through this Hey Da'at that a person can procreate. For this reason, Rabbi Nachman teaches there in Lesson 53 that Avram, as long as he was called Abram, without a hay, he couldn't have children. Only once this hay was added, and Avraham, he was called Avram with a hay, Molid, that's when Avraham can give birth. So too Sarai, so long as she was called Sarai with a yud, sin resh yud, without a hay, she couldn't have children, she was barren. Once she had a hay, and this is this famous hay hadat, this hay from the dat, then she could give birth. Rav Nosson says that's why there's five grains specifically that have fermentation in this world, in this universe that we know as we know it. These five grains of Chita, Seora, Kusemet, Kusmin, Shibolet, Shual, Shifon, okay? These five specifically, there are five, because that's the famous five of the Da'at, and because the brain is nourished from those five, okay? So now, with that in mind, specifically, these five grains. When you make a dough, an ari in, Hebrew, in, in the language of the Torah, it's called ari sotechem. You'll see in the parsha it's called ari sotechem. When you make a dough from these five grains, you have to take off a truma, a special truma. There's already all types of tithes. There's truma of ma. When you have a field, your produce, produce, you have to give truma to the kohen, and it's what's called uh, maser rishon, maser sheni. Okay, there's all types of tithings. Another one is when you make dough, you have to give to the Kohen when there was a Kohen, okay, today we don't so we take and you throw it out, you burn it whatever, so you have to give a tithe called Truma, why? why do you have to give a tithe called Truma, a, a Truma called Chala, why do you have to take a tithe off of these five, so Rav Nosen explains that these five have fermentation what is fermentation? fermentation is a waiting period because how does fermentation leavening take place it takes place by waiting letting the flour and the water sit still and wait now normally the idea of da'at knowledge is progression you're advancing you're always moving forward moving forward and it's in a momentum of going forward so lichora it seems that fermentation which is sitting still let it still let it ferment is the exact opposite of that. You want to advance. That is advancing. And here, fermentation, these five grains which have fermentation in them, is a delaying process. What's going on? So, Rav Nossin explains, based on what Rabbi Nachman teaches in Likud Timuran, Lesson 24, this famous Lesson 24. Rav Nossin goes into this, you can see in Likud Alachot, uh, the laws of Nefilat Apayim in section Orachayim, discourse number four. He says that the secret of knowledge is not to know. The goal of knowledge is not not to know. What does that mean? That no matter how much you try to advance in knowing Hashem, in your knowledge of Torah, the more you advance in your knowledge, the more you realize how much you don't know. How much you don't know, how much you're far. How much things are so far away from you. How things are super duper far. So that means the more you advance the knowing, the more you know how much you don't know. So then what? 
you have no other alternative, no other choice than to strengthen your imuna, and that's the goal of Da'at. Rav Nosson explains, Rabbi Nachman explains, the goal of Da'at is to enhance your imuna. Your goal of Da'at is to put imuna inside of it. If you think knowledge is the, is the crux of life, you're wrong. Because knowledge is endless. And you are finite. By definition, as a human being, with your human brain, even though you have a Jewish neshama and everything, you are still finite vis-a-vis -vis, compared to Hashem who is infinite, infinite. So what can you master? What's the goal of knowing? If that's the case, I'm not going to open any books. I'm not going to learn. If not, I'm never going to perceive anyway, so why should I waste my time? No, you're not wasting your time by learning Torah and advancing your faculty of your brain to understand and delve more in the Torah of Hashem and thus understanding Hashem. You're not wasting your time. What's happening is the more you advance and the more you realize how much you don't know, you have no other alternative but to strengthen your emunah. And that's what's happening. And that's the goal. Hashem wants us to strengthen our emunah. And you can only strengthen your emunah, or the best way to strengthen emunah is with that. Like Rabbi Nachman teaches in, in Rabbi Nachman's wisdom, Sikhotaran, that someone who's just on emunah can easily fall. And someone who's just that without emunah, for sure that's nothing. For sure that's garbage. What's needed is the combination of emunah and that. Okay, they work together that you're looking to learn in order to enhance your emunah, to enhance all your emunah-based devotions, your davening, your bodidut, your mitzvah performance. That's the goal of the da'at, that you know, you know so much more how much you don't know, and thus your awareness of Hashem's greatness is heightened, and thus your emunah is heightened, okay? So, when you're in fermentation process, it's like a pushback. Fermentation is pushing you back. You want to advance, but you can't advance. Because in order to perceive Hashem, you have to be pushed back. This idea, for example, of the more you know, the more you don't know, you really don't know, in a sense, it's pushing you back. Because you, you're, 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 you're on a roll. When learning and understanding and absorbing, you're on a roll. You're on a roll going ahead, ahead, ahead. And then all of a sudden, you reach a wall where you don't understand. And automatically you're pushed back. Not just brakes. You, you're going fast. Like it's like a car going at 100 kilometers per mile and running into a wall. So if the wall is like a rubber wall, you bounce back. It's a bouncing back wall. That's the idea of leavening, of fermentation, which is unique in these five types of grains. So what is the, the devotion then? When you have a frustration in your life, a confusion, you reach a wall where you can't go further to understand, what do you do then? What do you do then? This is the idea of the challah. Rav Nosson says two things about what the sages say about the challah. First of all, the name challah, okay? And number two, the Torah requirement, how much do you take off? Of the hafrashat challah, for example, on the truma and the maser rishon that you give to a levite and the maser ani to the poor, the Torah says specifically exactly how much to give. 10% or 100th, whatever. By the Chala, Rashi says in the parsha, quoting the sages, according to Torah law, there's no amount. You can take as much as you want. Okay? <coughs> the sages came along, Chachamim come along, and they said, for a Balabite, a homemaker, it's enough for him or her, the, the wife, to take off 124th of the batch. The batch of dough, which in this case is a minimum of 43 eggs. So you 124th of 43 eggs, which is like over a kilo. You take an amount which is considered 124th 
of that amount of the dough, that's enough of the truma, okay? And you give that to the Kohen in time that there's a Beit HaMikdash. And if it's a baker, a Nachtom, he gives 148, okay? 148, the batch of, of uh, 43 eggs and one-fifth, he gives 148. But, like Rav Nosen points out, Midoraita, from the Torah law, originally, initially, any amount is enough. What's going on here? Rav Nosen says the word Chala is rooted in the word for yearning and desire. Where in, in, in Hebrew, the Hebrew language, there's many words for that. There's Kisufin, Hishtokekut, okay? There's one word also, Retzonot also. There's another word called Tochelet Memushacha. That a person is pining, pining for something to happen already. Chala has the same root, Chet Lamed, and also in Tochelet is also Chet Lamed. It's the yearning. And there's no shear, there's no amount. What's the idea? That when you're going through your fermentation in life, when you're advancing and then you hit a wall and you're pushed back, and you can't advance, and you have to resort to emuna, but at the same time you want to advance, what happens then is all you can do is yearn. You're being pushed back. Because what lets you do things in life? Your understanding. Yes, everything's clear. When a person has comprehension of what's happening in his life, he's very enthusiastic of doing things. Even a person who has a daily schedule, because he understands his schedule, I wake up at this hour, brush my teeth, you know, go for a jog, davening, learning, coffee in the morning, eating, go to work, have my daf yomi, whatever, daf mincha, marev, the life of a Jew in his schedule, whatever he does, shopping, exercise, swimming, he's devoted to When you have a schedule and you built a schedule because you believe in it and you know that you understand that this has to be done, so you enjoy doing it and you have a push forward. When you have a frustration in your life, so you're stuck. You're stuck. You don't know what's happening. So what can you do then? All you can do then is yearn. That's the idea that when there's fermentation, when the dough is made, the dough is finally ready before you're ready to bake it or to eat it. So you have to take off challah and it's, it's, it's consecrated. It's considered going to the Kohen. Today we burn it. And according to the Torah initial law, there's no shear, there's no amount because this is the yearning of a Jew. When it comes to the, the, the heart of a Jew, you, there's, there's different levels. You can't measure a Jew by his yearning. Once Rav Nosen said, Rav Nosen once said, I can explain the most difficult Maharam Sheik or Maharam Shif, which is a very deep commentary in the Gemara, that they explain another Jew. Why did he say that? He says, because you can never know what's in another Jewish heart. A Jew's broken heart and the yearning and what he's going through, you can't relate, you can't, you can't fathom it, you can't grasp it. A person now writes a test and you see, oh, I got 100, 90, 80. His intellect is talking on the page so you can see how much he knows. That's why we do tests to see if the person knows. But when it comes to the person's yearning, when he's pushed back, there's no measurement to that. That's why Chala, Rav Nosen writes, according to Torah law, has no measurement. With this also, you can explain the famous rabbinical teaching in the Gemara of one rabbi from the Gemara. He said like this, Ribona shel olam, Ritzoni la'asot Ritzoncha, Ela sha'asor sheba'isa me'akevet. He says, this rabbi, this sage, Hashem, I want to do your will. But it's the, the, the souring, the leavening agent in the dough which is preventing me. So you can understand this Gemara as if he's saying, Hashem, I, my desire is to do your will. I can't do, so all I can do is to yearn. And I got to this level of yearning, thanks to what? Ella, in other words, through, how did it come to me through? 
because of the leavening agent, the souring, the fermentation in the dough, which is preventing me, ma'kevet, and not letting me to advance, thus pushing me back, what does that create? It creates yearning, because yearning takes place when you have an obstacle. Rabbi Nachman's famous lesson, the Kutimah lesson 66, that when a person is doing something which is very high, and he doesn't appreciate it enough what he's doing, so to get him to appreciate it, which means he's yearning for it, heaven purposely sends a person an obstacle in order to increase the person's yearning. If the person and his yearning is down here, and the item he yearns is up here, it's not fair, it's not right that he's doing such a holy item and he doesn't appreciate it. So heaven says, we want the person to appreciate it. How can we get him to appreciate Shabbat? and traveling to a tzaddik and giving tzedakah and putting tefillin and davening in the morning by giving him major, major obstacles. What does the obstacles do? It causes yearning, more yearning, more yearning until the, he goes up with his yearning until it reaches the level of the item being yearned. The nechshak, it's called, there's a choshek, cheshek and nechshak, when they're all equal. The yearner, the yearning, and the item being yearned, they're all same level, then the obstacles disappear. That's what he's saying this age. The It's preventing me from advancing. And as a result, I have yearning. So this is the message that of Chala. That this is our yearning and it has no limitation. It's another whole discourse to explain what does 124th mean for a Balabayit, a homemaker. What is 148? We'll go to that another time maybe. And what is this measurement of 48 eggs? What is the gum? Mem Gimel. That's equal to the word gum. That's another lesson in itself. That's more details. But in short, this idea of the Chala. Shabbat Shalom and all the best.